Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Let's gather around the fire with me. You ready to hear this story? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you a story this afternoon about a legend. You know what a legend is? It's a story that might be true. And, uh, but I want to share that with you this morning. So gather in around the fire. Let's enjoy it together, shall we? Let's do it. One dreary evening in the depths of November, a stranger rode into town. He stopped his horse in front of a lonely storefront. The windows were boarded shut, and the door was locked fast. But the man looked at it, and he smiled, and he said, It will do. And all through the gray short days and the long dark nights of November, the man worked. The townspeople could hear the faint pam, pam, pam of his hammer and the snish, snish, snish of his saw. They could smell the sweet, clean scent of new lumber and the deep, oily smell of new paint. You ever smelled that before? But no one knew who the man was or what he was doing. What was he up to? The mayor hoped he was a doctor to heal his illness. The young wives hoped he was a tailor to make beautiful dresses. The farmers hoped he was a trader to exchange their grain for goods. But the children had the strongest, deepest wish of all, a wish they did not tell their parents, a deep, quiet, secret wish that none of them said out loud. No, no one spoke to the man. No one asked if he even needed help. They just waited, and they watched, and they wondered, and they wished. But one small girl watched and wondered and waited and wished longer than she could stand. And one snowy day, she knocked at the stranger's door. Hello, she said. My name is Lucy. Do you need some help? And the man smiled warmly, warmly and nodded. Then he opened the door and Lucy stepped inside. A long counter ran down the side of the room. Bare shelves filled the opposite walls. And in the back were dozens and dozens of barrels and crates. Could you help me unpack, the man said. Lucy's heart sank at the sight of all the boxes. What if they were only barrels of nails and, and bags of flour? But she removed her dripping boots and hung her coat on a peg. And on stocking feet, she crossed the rough wooden floor and knelt beside a crate. Please, open it, the man urged. Slowly, Lucy put her aunt hand into the box and pulled out an object wrapped in tissue. Round and heavy, it almost slipped through her fingers. And Lucy trembled a little as she unwrapped it. It was a glass jar. Lucy gave the man a puzzled look. Go on, his nod said. So she unpacked another glass jar, and another, and another, until she was completely surrounded by jars of all shapes and sizes. Tall and thin, round and squat, jars with lids and jars without. Now, the man said, for something to put inside. 
You excited about hearing what's inside? And he pulled over a huge crate stamped with a strange word. As Lucy unpacked, her eyes lit up. It was candy. Her favorite candy, gumdrops. Try some, the man said. And she popped one in her mouth. Now she could only hardly unwrap fast enough. Peppermint sticks, taffy, lollipops, chewing chewing gum. Wide-eyed, she looked at the man. We wished, Lucy said. Yes, I know, said the man. And here it is. Welcome to Sonneman's Candy Store. And I am John Sonneman. Soon the small store was filled with candies gleaming in their glass jars, raspberry suckers and tiny lemon drops, brightly colored jawbreakers and long tangles of licorice, pink and white peppermints for church and butterscotch balls for company. Then in the very last package, in the very last crate, was a candy Lucy had never seen before and a red and white striped candy stick striped candy stick with a crook on the end. What is this, Lucy asked. This, Mr. Sonneman explained, is a candy cane. It is a very special Christmas candy. Why, Lucy asked. Tell me, Mr. Sonneman said, what letter does it look like? And Lucy took the candy and turned it in her hand. J, she said. Yes, Mr. Sonneman smiled. J is for Jesus, who was born on Christmas Day. Now turn it over. What does it remind you of? Lucy turned the candy in her hand, and she peered down intently. Oh, I know, she said finally. It's like a shepherd's staff. Who were the first to find out about Jesus' birth? Mr. Sonneman asked. Shepherds in the field, Lucy answered, watching over their flocks by night. But Mr. Sonneman, what are the stripes for? Lucy asked. The man's eyes grew sad. The prophet Isaiah said, By his stripes we are healed. And before he died on the cross, Jesus was whipped. He bled terribly. The red reminds us of his suffering and of his blood. But then, Mr. Sonneman continued, The candy is white as well. And when we give our lives to Jesus, his blood washes away our sins, making us white purest snow. That, he said, is the story of the candy cane. Is it a secret? Lucy asked. Mr. Sonneman looked at her for a long moment. It's a story that needs to be told, he said. Will you help me share it? It was now the depths of December. The town was whipped around by blizzard winds. For days the sun hid itself. But every morning, Mr. Sonneman and Lucy ventured out. They wore heavy woolen coats and bright hand-knit scarves. And in their stiff, mittened fingers, they each held a bag. They went to every house in town. They traveled to every farm in the country. They knocked on every door. In every home, they told the story. And they left a small gift. And they gave an invitation. On the afternoon of Christmas Eve, The sun finally broke through the clouds, and Sonneman's candy store officially opened. The mayor came, feeling a a whole lot better than he'd felt in days. The young wives came, dressed in beautiful smiles. The farmers came, eager to trade grain for Christmas gifts. 
The children ran in dizzy circles. Yes, their wish had come true. Yes, they had come to share in the opening of the candy store. But they shared something more, something bigger, something better. On that Christmas Eve, they shared the story of the candy cane, and they told of the miracle of Christ's birth, the misery of his death, and the misery, I'm sorry, and the mercy of his love. Wasn't that a great story? Well, children, I want to tell you something. I, I told you before that it was a legend, and I want to read something about the legend of this and what they call the history of the candy cane. The traditional candy cane was born over 350 years ago when mothers used white sugar sticks as pacifiers for their babies. Around 1670, the choir master of Cologne Cathedral in Cologne, Germany, bent the sticks into canes to represent a shepherd's staff. He then used the white candy canes to keep the attention of small children during the long nativity service. The use of candy canes during the Christmas service spread throughout Europe, and in northern Europe, sugar canes decorated with sugar roses were used to brighten the home at Christmas time. Then, in the mid-1800s, the candy cane arrived in the United States when a German-Swedish immigrant in Worcester, Ohio, decorated his spruce tree with paper ornaments and white sugar canes. The red stripe was added to the candy cane at the turn of the century and when peppermint and wintergreen were added and became the traditional flavors for the candy cane. Some sources stated the candy maker in Indiana developed the candy, the candy cane as a witness for Christ's love. While we may never know the full history of the candy cane, we can share in the truth behind its symbol, the truth of Christ's birth and redemption and the gift of his love. Isn't that awesome? Well, children, you run along now. I'm going to go ahead and share the rest of the story with our friends who are with us today. Wasn't that a wonderful story? It brings a whole new meaning. And at this time, what we're doing is we're passing around uh, candy canes to you. I hope you have one in your hand. We want you to take one home as a, uh, as a gift, as a reminder of something that's special that God has done for us. You know, in the book of Isaiah, we've actually read the scripture already in our presentation, but I want to read it again. A promise is given to us. Thousands of years ago, God looks down in heaven and he sees his creation. And he sees us suffering. He sees us cut off. He sees us out of relationship with him. But he makes a promise. And he says, I'm going to send a Savior. I'm going to repair this relationship. That which was torn, I'm going to bring together. And I'm going to bring it together in such a way as you'll never see the scene. He says, there's a promise I want to give to you. And it went like this in Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at a harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You know, our story this morning began with the people of the town having wishes. You know, all of us have dreams. All of us have wishes. We have those deep desires. The children, they wanted that candy, didn't they? And we all have those kinds of dreams and wishes. But you know what the children learned? As a matter of fact, what the whole town learned was even though they did not all get their dreams and their wishes, they got something even better. They got an answer that was more fulfilling, something deeper. What we understand is when God sent his son, he didn't come to just bring a religion. He didn't just come so that we would celebrate two times a year, Christmas and Easter, his birth, his death, his resurrection from the dead. He didn't do that. He sent his son that we might have life. He sent his son that we might have freedom. The kind of freedom that goes well beyond every dream that we can dream, every wish that we can wish. But the kind of joy that rises up out of that. So you may be here today and you've got some dreams. You've got some wishes. Perhaps you need healing in your body. Perhaps you've, as a dear friend in our congregation this morning, you lost a loved one recently. Perhaps there's a deep need inside you. I want you to know this morning that God sees it. And he has made, uh, he's made a, and he's given a purpose for that. He has a gift for you. And he wants you to open that gift this morning. And it is his son. It is that baby who grew to a man who now lives in heaven and is ready to answer the prayers of all those who would call out to him. You know, when you, you look at that candy cane, you're going to be reminded forever the J for Jesus, the, the shepherd's crook, and he wants to shepherd us. You're going to remember the red that was his blood that is shed to forgive us of our sins, and then the white to remind us of the purity that he can bring into our life through a simple question, Jesus, an answer to his question. Would you invite me? And we say, yes. I want you, Jesus. I want all that you represent. You know, in an age right now where atheism is on the rise, where people are doubting who God is, the Holy Spirit is going and is tapping on the shoulders of some. He says, my time is short. The door is open. My gift is now. But that door won't be open forever. The Bible tells us that invitation will come to an end one day. So the question is, are you ready to receive that gift? Perhaps you're in this room today and you've already received the gift and you know exactly what that means. That means forgiveness of sin. That means God's answer to prayer. And that also means eternal life. But you may be in this room today and you've never made that decision. Well, I don't want you to leave without having made it. Okay? You may have been invited by a family or friend or just made your way because you heard about our special service today. But what it's all been about today is a legendary Christmas. And the legend is Jesus. And it's a true story. It's very real. And it can be your story if you want it today. So I'd like to pray for you this morning. If you would just bow your heads right where you are. Together. And let's come to him and let's let him know 
we appreciate that gift. Not only if you've received Jesus as your, as your Savior, to tell him thank you. But if you're in this room today and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, well, man, you do not have to leave without making that decision to ask him to come. He tells us, he promises us that he knocks on the door of our heart. And if we say, yes, come in, he will come in. He will live inside us. He will lead us, teach us, transform us, and then one day take us into his loving arms to be with him forever in joy and peace and celebration. Lord, we come to you right now. And first of all, we just want to thank you for the gift. We thank you, Jesus, for saying yes to the Father for being willing to come and to come in the form of a baby and to grow up among us, to heal our sicknesses, to encourage us, to bring us comfort in struggle. But more than any of that, we thank you that you allowed yourself to be crucified, to be that sacrifice for all mankind for forgiveness of sin. For those of us who have made that decision, Lord, we say thank you. Just tell them, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being my gift. Thank you for forgiving my sin. And thank you for giving me eternal life. Now I'd like you to take another step with me here. We're going to continue to pray, but if we would all just stand up at this time. And all across this room, we're going to do something a little bit more. If you're here today and you've never made that decision, we don't want to embarrass you. We don't want to call you out. Man, this is, this is a wonderful opportunity. Many of us made that decision to give Christ, give our lives to Christ in the privacy of our own home, or we did it reading a book, or we did it when, with a friend. We made that decision and we prayed. But you're here today. And many of us made that decision in this, this kind of place right here. And you can do so too. So again, let's bow our heads. I want to pray for those in this room today. If you're here today and you're not certain that if you died tonight, you would be with Jesus. You're not confident. Perhaps you've heard about Christ. You've You've grown up here in the South and you know about the Bible and you know about Christianity and you know, but you've doubted and you've wondered and you've, you've, you've been, you know, you've thought about these things, but you've never surrendered. You've never given your life to him. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Better we do it now than later. So you, here is your chance. So if you're in this room today and you want to make Jesus Christ your Savior, with no one looking around and us just patiently, quietly waiting, just right where you are, if you would just raise your hand up, just to let God know. Just to let God know. Raise your hand up. Let him know and just say, yes. Yes, I want you, Jesus. I receive you as my gift. The gift of eternal life. The gift of forgiveness of my sin. That gift that I can open today. If that's you, just raise your hand up. Just one extra moment. Now what I'd like us to do is all just pray together. 
If you've given your life to Christ, then you just join with me. We're going to all pray it together. And where you are, if you're praying this prayer for the first time, we're going to make it easy for you. We're going to, you're going to join with us. So let's just do that together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our gift, that you died on the cross. You have forgiven my sins. And you have healed me. And now I belong to you. And I'm going to live with you forever and ever. And I thank you for doing that work in my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen.